Welcome to the Glenn Mercer Show, where we talk all things vegan. If you're not already vegan, no worries, we'll get you there. If you are, tune in for health advice, information on climate change, and all the damage done by our most destructive industry, animal agriculture. We'll also talk cooking, theater, film, and culture. My two reasons for starting this podcast, to entertain, to inform, and to make people vegan. Oh, that's three. Shit. Hello and welcome to the Glenn Merzer Show. You can find us across all podcast platforms. You could find us at realmeneatplants.com and you could find us at the Glenn Merzer Show on YouTube. My special guest today is my co-author, the recipe author of America Goes Vegan, our new book, Tracy Childs. She wrote all the recipes in the book. I actually uh, helped her with one or two, actually. Um, and um, and she is the founder of Tracy's Real Foods. She is a culinary magician. She holds her certificate in nutrition from E. Cornell. And she is a food for life instructor. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you, Glenn. So glad to be here. <laughs> uh, I've been so excited to uh, to be part of this project because, you know, obviously America is going vegan and we're making it happen. Yeah. Well, look, we have, I think it's like a six or seven step plan here. First, everyone gets the book. America goes vegan. Then everybody gives it to a friend who is not yet vegan. Then everybody reads the book. Then America goes vegan. Then the world goes vegan. Then the climate starts to cool. And then a celebratory concert in Central Park with Paul McCartney. So that's it. It's a seven-step plan. And you can get your tickets now to the concert. Uh, I don't know if Paul knows about that. Uh, but that's the plan. But it has to start with picking up a copy of America Goes Vegan, in which there are 120 recipes by Tracy. And they are all healthy, vegan, low-fat, gluten-free, sugar-free, oil-free. So this is not about just going vegan. It's going healthy vegan. So Tracy, tell our listeners and viewers why it's important to not just go vegan, but go healthy vegan. Well, there's the SAD diet, right? That's the standard American diet, SAD diet. A lot of people don't know about that, but it's it's SAD. It's not, it's been causing diseases. It's leading to um, an epidemic of obesity, an epidemic of, of diabetes, heart disease, cancer, all those things that we think are just part of growing old here in America. Well, they're not. <laughs> uh, they don't have to be. Um, and then when people turn vegan, sometimes I call it the, uh, the V-SAD, the vegan SAD diet. They, they, they think they're doing a good thing, and they are by going vegan. They're definitely... Um, decreasing our demand for animal products, which is paramount. Um, but then they they're still think they're going to be deprived. So they 
they go out to eat and they get French fries, they get all the fried foods, they turn to the Impossible Burger and, um, and yeah, they eat too much of that stuff. And that's, it's a, it's a vegan sad diet. So what they're doing is just switching over to the same foods that cause the issues that they're already having. Um, and maybe it's a little better because there's no cholesterol in those foods, but they have a lot of saturated fat. So that also can raise your cholesterol and still lead to heart disease. So what we need is for us to all be a good example um, of how you, how veganism can help people. And, right. and a number one reason is to, um, to be healthy. I'm not the number one reason, but um, for, for people themselves, they're doing it for their health. They should definitely do it in a healthful way. Even if they aren't doing it for their health, if they're doing it for the <laughs> environment, think about it. It's like, all that processed food, it's that's not good for the environment either, right? All those right. oils. Plus, if you're doing it just for the animals, if you're just an animal rights activist who goes vegan, well, don't you want to live long to keep fighting for the animals? Yeah. Don't you want to set a good example for other people so that they'll go vegan? Because if you're going to be an obese, unhealthy vegan, other people might not want to join you. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Uh, it's important that everybody do this in a healthy way. And yet, even when you're eating healthy vegan, what we have done in this book, what really Tracy has done, is focus on comfort foods. So there are recipes here for mac and cheese, pizza, portobello mushroom steaks, tempeh tacos, tofu balls with spaghetti, chocolate chip cookies, cupcakes, all made in a healthy way. So you can have those comfort foods, you could have those delicious foods, you could have those treats, but you're not going to have them with sugar and oil and coconut oil and all that unhealthy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Would you yeah. would you say Tracy that the the worst sins of the V sad diet, the unhealthy vegan diet would be oil, particularly coconut oil? and sugar yes well and palm oil palm that's, oil yeah that's the one that i uh i really you know coconut oil is one thing but palm oil is another um they both are full of saturated fat but uh palm oil is what they use in lots of the cookies that yeah. are vegan and um and i don't even consider palm oil to be vegan honestly because it's that? Because it's uh, trashing the environment in the places where they grow palm oil. They're mm -hmm. destroying the habitat for animals uh, just to knock down everything and grow the palm to create the palm oil. And so, um, you know, and we as consumers, we have no idea <laughs> what, um, unless you get it certified or um, you find out that yes, it is sustainable palm oil, which I don't know, some people say that's not even possible. Uh, so uh, I really, I really think that, you know, getting away from palm oil is, is paramount and just yeah. not supporting those companies that are using palm oil that can, you know, consider themselves vegan. Um, it's obviously just a processed food from coconut. If you like coconut, just eat a little bit of coconut. Put a little on your, I'm going to be making a chia pudding to show you guys. You could put a little sprinkle of toasted coconut on there. And it's at least it's a whole food. And right. you're using a lot less fat when you do the whole foods. 
So that's, that's one thing that we explain um, in the book is about whole foods versus processed foods and, um, and what that means. Because, you know, when you create treats, like I create my, um, my double chocolate cookies, so, or my carrot cake cookies, well, they're made with whole foods for the most part, especially the, the especially my carrot cake cookies, because there's no chocolate chips in those. So these are, you know, day sweetened, uh, made from whole foods, from almond flour and um, carrots, <laughs> raisins, lentils. So, you know, you, you can think outside the box. And that's what that's what I enjoy. The challenge is so fun. You know, the challenge of creating things that taste good that um, are made with different ingredients. As long as the ingredients taste good that are going into it, um, you know, just keep experimenting and you come up with something good. Yeah. And dates are amazing. Sweetener. And dates is, are really the healthiest way to sweeten desserts, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. I think, you know, because there's, um, there's sugar-free things that are available uh, that, you know, they're still not sure about it. You know, it's still, it's a, it's a white powder. It's processed. Right. So, so when did you first become a vegetarian, Tracy? When I was 17. So uh, I was in high school taking biology class and um, the, the, the instructor had us dissecting things and he had, he was studying and showing us what was in some meat. Actually, he took a cross section of pork and, and up there on the screen, and he was pointing all the at all the different microorganisms that were in there that could kill you. <laughs> and he said, "Oh, but don't worry, we, you cook it, so it'll kill all those microorganisms. You're fine." So I just took that as, you know what? I don't want to risk that, and that's grossed me out to no end. That <laughs> I didn't care if they were cooked or not, and dead or not. I didn't want to eat them. So. Um, so that was the start of it. I, I, I came home, I told my mom, I said, you know, I'm disgusted. And she said, that's fine. You can be a vegetarian. I was like, okay. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't eat a lot of meat anyway. And I didn't like meat. So I was the one that, you know, took the piece of bacon as a child and would like dissect it on my plate or just separate the fat because I hated eating the fat. So, yeah. um, you know, any roast beef was disgusting. You know, so I just found it disgusting anyway. The only meat I liked was completely processed. <laughs> mm -hmm. So <laughs> you couldn't identify what it was. Exactly. And my yeah. mom never bought that. I mean, well, bologna, you know, but yeah. so. So you stopped I, eating meat at that point. Did you stop eating eggs? Did you, when did you stop no, eggs, dairy? Um, so was, there was no, hardly any vegetarians. I didn't know any vegetarians. Um, and after that, I went to college in, in Idaho, University of Idaho, being kind of like, I don't know. Well, my family's from Idaho, so I went there. Um, probably the only vegetarian in the whole state. <laughs> and, and you know, back then I actually did eat, to be truthful, I ate fish once in a while. Um, it wasn't something I liked to cook or um, had, you know, an affinity towards, but it was difficult to be vegetarian. So... Um, yeah, I ate a lot of cheese, a lot of, uh, probably not as many eggs cause I was picky about those too, but, um, sometimes ate eggs and, um, 
Yeah, I liked a quiche. I would make quiche. That was, you know, that also did not resemble the egg anymore. So, so really, I guess, you know, naturally, uh, that was the type of diet I really liked. And so as I um, progressed through out of college, just um, reading all the books, there was uh, some gurus out there, even back then, especially, you know, in the eight, late 80s, 90s, Diet for a New America, uh, John Robbins, Neil Bernard was getting started in more like 85. Um, but I just started to, you know, receive all their information as much as I could. That was, this is before the internet, before email. Um, the and, telephone had been invented though, right? And mail, <laughs> newsletters. Yes, yeah. So I would get the magazines and I read it all. And there was a vegetarian resource group um, right. out of the East Coast, out of Baltimore. And I got their newsletter and they were actually vegan. So they call it vegetarian right. resource, but everything was vegan. So, um, you know, I just got educated about so when, when did you transition to vegan in 1990. Yeah, so, and that's when my son was born. So, uh, okay. I was doing it when I was pregnant. I was just, um, exploring and, and realized that, uh, I didn't want to contribute to, the cruelty that was, you know, the basic reason for me was that just once you, once you realize, and there was no movies, there was no videos, but I read enough about it that, uh, I realized there was no such thing as cruelty free animal products. You know, I, I went the route of most people trying to get cage free eggs, trying mm -hmm. to get organic milk, thinking that was going to be a better choice. And, you know, maybe it is, but it wasn't, I realized from reading that it really wasn't uh, a choice that um, I wanted to make that right. I um, felt good about because you don't know. Just right. like you don't, you know, the only way you know about anything is if you raise it yourself, honestly. But at least with plants and, you know, if it's organic, you can, you have to eat something. And so um, you can kind of, you know, ex expect that at least there's not a lot of cruelty involved. So. Now, you, have two, you have two adult children. Yes. Did, did you raise them both vegetarian, vegan? What did mm -hmm. you do? Yeah. So I, like I said, I was a long time vegetarian already when my son was born in 1990. So um, he was a vegetarian. And uh, back, by then I wasn't eating fish anymore. And um, so, uh, but I did find out that he... Um, you know, I worked then, so I was breastfeeding, but I also uh, used some formula and I, you know, the soy formula, he, it agreed with him so much more than the dairy. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was a clue right there too. And then by the time uh, my daughter was born in 95, I was already vegan. So um, I gained a lot less weight with the pregnancy, I had a lot easier pregnancy and um, really easy breastfeeding. Uh, it agreed with her more. Um, you know, because the dairy, I was still eating some dairy um, a little bit when uh, I, I was breastfeeding him and it, it didn't agree with him. So, so, I mean, that's just something just anecdotal, but, you know, humans, we're not designed. We're not baby cows. No, no, <laughs> baby we're not. not a baby cow. He was a human. And so it's, it's he, so, it's so blindingly point. obvious that it's foolish to drink cow milk. And yet most people do it. It's hard for me to understand. So have you two kids 
not eaten meat in their lives? No. No? Except one time when my daughter, um, you know, sometimes she'd be cruising around and she'd like see about some, you know, some other kids meet those sitting there or something. And I, I just like tackle her and drop it out of her mouth. You tackled her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, she is a toddler, but, yeah. um, yeah. So, and, you know, and but then, now, and now as, now as young awesome. adults, they're pleased to be vegan, right? Yes. Yeah. So anytime they ate meat was accidental. And, um, they honestly, even though we live in a community, we lived in a community where they didn't know any other vegetarians, hardly at all. Um, we're in San Diego, but we're in the East, um, part called Poway. And it's a pretty conservative community. Um, really great place to raise kids, but very conservative and not very many, um, vegans or vegetarians back then. Um, but they, um, they still, you know, just, even though we didn't make a huge deal out of it, they, they just never had a desire to eat meat. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think it's character building to grow up feeling a little different than other people and knowing there's a good reason for it. Yeah, so. exactly. So yeah, now they totally value the whole lifestyle and they live in Los Angeles. Right. So they love, um, the fact that it's easy to be vegan there and, and there's so many choices that's, uh, you know, it's just, people just need to try the food, um, try going to some of the nicer restaurants that create really good, can do amazing things with vegetables or just read our book and then learn how to yeah. make good things with vegetables, uh, as simply too. And that's what I, uh, when I created the recipes for the book, I really wanted to, you know, make it accessible for people to, to do this and, and, um, and make it easy for people to eat healthy. So those, some of yeah, the things sure. are a little more involved, but I definitely have lots of simple recipes. And I wanted to show a couple of simple recipes today for we, our audience too. We will do that shortly, but how do, where do you come up with your recipe ideas? What's, what's the, uh, what's yeah, the creative so, um, inspiration? I started out getting just your normal vegan cookbooks and, and following those recipes, but mostly, especially with the baked goods, they, um, they just switched it from a regular recipe over, you know, which called for white flour, called for white sugar, called for, uh, butter or oil, whatever. Um, and they just took the eggs out or replaced them with something like a egg replacer. Um, so that's one way of doing it. But that's still not a healthy way, right? Because it's still calling for the white flour, the white sugar. So I started using um, other types of sweeteners and I started using whole wheat flour. But then uh, I, I made a focus on, even though I don't have um, any allergy per se to, to gluten, I just put it as a challenge to, um, and I felt like I wanted to learn how to cook gluten-free and I just had an affinity towards eating gluten-free. So I started um, experimenting with more gluten-free recipes. Again, a lot of those recipes call for things like white rice flour um, and you know processed flours. So, and a lot of starches. So those don't really have much nutrition. So um, I found oat flour. And so oat flour is a nice substitute for wheat flour 
It's um, it's got a nice base to it, and it's a whole food though, so you can make right. it yourself in your Vitamix. So yeah, can, or or any blender, you can just put oats in there and blend them up, and so then you've got flour. So it's kind of cool. You don't have to actually buy anything else. You just have your oats, and you can have oat flour. So so I explain that in the book too, how you can just create your own flour, keep it on hand, um, and then you know. So that's one thing is you don't have to buy a lot of special ingredients or some one-to-one uh, gluten-free flour mix that um, you don't exactly know how to use it because it's like, mm, what's in, what's in here? Is it, does it have leavening in it already? Does it have um, xanthan gum in it? You know, all these things that we don't need. Right. <laughs> so. And so you've been vegetarian and then vegan now since uh around 1990 yeah 1990 so that's 33 years what's the most has anything been difficult about that oh well yeah definitely okay I mean, what's the difficult part the difficult part is um socially uh and traveling so um going to parties or going to especially when you're going to uh, an event that's going to be many hours <laughs> then yeah. and traveling to that. Right. So we've right. gone to all the weddings, the bar mitzvahs, all the, right. all the family events. Um, and they, they're dealing with their venue. So they'll say, Oh, we have, they may say vegetarian, they may say vegan, whoever, you know, what's defining you. Um, right. and so, so I've, you know, eat ahead um bring food during at least some crackers or something or you know the best thing right. to bring is some you know nuts and uh you know almonds and raisins or something like that that's filling uh some kind of trail mix <laughs> uh always keep that on hand and um uh that it goes doesn't go bad so you can just bring it in your bag and you can have it so so yeah it, but the you know the world is going vegan just like we we said, and, and I'm, and I almost pinch myself now with, um, how many friends I have that are vegan now and how, um, how eat much easier it is now because, you know, people are figuring it out. Even when I went to Soda Springs and we had a launch for our book and I was there for a family reunion and I was just really surprised that the grocery store had almond milk, had refrigerated big carton of almond milk, it had, um, vegan ice cream the kids bought. So and this is in Idaho and in this small town, Soda right. Springs, really small. Right. You cannot, you know, to fly there, we had to fly to Salt Lake city and drive two and a half hours. That's how yeah. remote it is. And it's only got like two, 3000 people, but they had a couple grocery stores and the grocery stores were pretty good. So, um, there's somebody in that town that's looking for dairy alternatives and, um, eating tofu. So <laughs> we went to remember, a restaurant, had some tofu. So I remember when I lived in San Francisco in my twenties, I had a friend who was a jazz singer and he, mm. I discovered he had never been outside of the city limits of San Francisco in his life. He was in his twenties. Wow. He had never left San Francisco, but his uncle from Idaho invited him to come stay with him. So he decided to leave San Francisco for the first time in his life, in his mid-20s, 
to go to Idaho. He was a little bit nervous about it. I remember I wished him well. And then he came back and I said, how was your exotic trip? And he just said, never leave San Francisco. It's just potatoes out there. So that was his view. Um, so what are you going to cook for us today, Tracy? And I went to college there, so okay. <laughs> as a vegetarian. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I I chose a couple simple recipes, you know, really important. Dessert, vegetables. Dessert <laughs> so, and vegetables, the two basic food groups. Yeah, that's all okay. you need. So, okay. um, yeah, I, I love showing people how to um, create a, a kale dish because when I, I was, like I said, I was pregnant when I became vegan and um, I was concerned about calcium and about nutrition and how to, how to get that. So uh, I wanted to keep my strong bones. So, um, so I learned about kale and went through lots of trial and error. And I just figured out, you know, about the last 10 years, how to just really make it taste good. So let's start with that. And then my dessert is the chocolate chia pudding. So um, let me show you this recipe. So we're doing, um, oops, let's go. So what page is that on the book, in the book? It's on page 166. It's the cheesy kale. 166. So, okay, let me get my copy. Super simple. It's um, just, you know, all you need is boiling water and your kale. So I like to use this uh, curly kale. Yes, thank you. And so what makes it cheesy, I'm getting my water boiling here, is uh, using some Parmesan. So I, I sell this uh, with Tracy's Real Foods, but I went ahead and gave you guys the recipe in the book. So there you go. Everybody needs to know how to make a perm because... Um, this is going to add flavor to any, every vegetable. So I like taught classes with um, the PCRM. And one of the things I love to show people is how to make their own Parmesan cheese so that you can sprinkle it on things. You can sprinkle it on your pasta. You can just use nutritional yeast if you want, but um, you can, you know, make put a, a little bit of a seed or a nut in there. So what I use in this is mine is called Sunny Parm. So it's with sunflower seeds. So um, and that's what this is. But the recipe is you just um, put everything in your blender. So it's a half a cup of um, sunflower seeds, half a cup of nutritional yeast and then some spices. And you can add salt if you want. Um, of course, cheese always has lots of salt. So but if you're on a salt free diet and you've lost the taste for salt, good for you. You don't have to add it. And also, um, nutritional yeast has a kind of a salty flavor on its own, even though it's a cheesy flavor, salty flavor. It, um, I, I found a really good organic one on Amazon. Um, and I also get unfortified un, uh, nutritional yeast. So um, get your B12, take a supplement. You don't have to get it in your nutritional yeast. So it's nutritional on its own without the fortification. It's got protein in it. It has lots of B vitamins. It doesn't have B12 because B12 is one that is um, uh, not present in animal products naturally. But 
The other thing that it has in it, if it's fortified, is folic acid, which is um, a, the man-made form of um, folate, which is in all these vegetables. So you don't need to um, eat folic acid. So, so it's in lots of things because um, a lot of people have a deficiency of it because of that sad diet we talked about. But if you eat, if you eat your vegetables, then you're going to be fine. Now, when you say you don't need to eat folic acid, you mean you don't need to take folic acid supplements. Exactly. You, you don't need to take right. the supplement. Um, it has um, been shown to, if you have too much of it building up, it can be a carcinogen. So your body just doesn't really know what to do with this uh, folic acid that has um, been man-made. So just eat folate. Eat your vegetables and you'll get plenty of folate, especially your... Um, your leafy greens. So let me show you what I do here. So this is um, your nice curly kale. It comes in different varieties, but I like for this recipe to use the curly kale. So you can see my water there. This is a tool that I recommend everybody get. It's a spider uh, strainer, wire strainer. It kind of has a spider web look to it. So easily uh, destemming your kale is to just go ahead and move your hand along and grab the stem off. So the stem I put in my freezer and I create broth with it. So you can also um, put it in soups, chop it up. It stays for a nice, a long time in your fridge, but it cooks a lot slower than this, the leaves do. So to get a nice tender um, leafy green, then I remove the stems. You don't have to, but that's what I do. Um, so you can see I've got my water boiling. And what I do is I just kind of tear the kale up here. You can rinse it if you want, but you are putting it in boiling water, so you don't have to uh, necessarily um, wash it because this is going to wash it. Can you see that? So what I do is I take my strainer and I push it down. And then I always have this set up here um, on my stove is um, a strainer, you know, a sieve, and then a bowl underneath. And I, and I literally do this for like a minute and a half. Um, if you, the fresher it is, the faster it cooks. So if you just get it from the store, it looks really nice and fresh, then it will take less time to get it nice and tender. Now you don't want to um, overcook. That's the problem that a lot of people have is that the vegetables are overcooked and they've lost their flavor. Nobody likes them. And they turn nice bright green. Yeah. Now, yeah. why is it that the fresher ones cook faster? I don't know, but I've noticed that when I bring it home from the store and I have time to cook it right away, then it, mm -hmm. um, it tastes better and it's faster. It just gets tougher as it ages in the refrigerator. So 
So if you follow Dr. Esselstyn, he'll tell you um, that if you have heart disease, or just anyone really, this is not going to hurt you. But if you have heart disease, you should um, eat some leafy greens like this um, six times a day. Six yep. times a day. Um, it's just going to bathe your, uh, your arteries with the nitric oxide that is uh, present in these vegetables when you chew them. So chew them really well. Now, um, we like to follow our, our gurus, and Dr. Gregor will tell you to eat some of the raw with the cooked. So the raw is going to activate the sulforaphane, which is a cancer fighter, um, that gets diminished when you cook it. So um, the reason I cook them is because uh, it's easier to eat, and I will um, eat more of it this way, and it's easier to have your, like, your daily um, six times a day. So what you can do here is you create you create this, and then you can um, put it in the fridge, and it tastes, honestly, it tastes really good to me right out of the fridge. But for people who are um, new to this, then I've got the Parmesan recipe in the book, and you can easily do that. So what I wanna do now is I wanna make sure that this is nice and dry or you know as dry as possible. So I squeeze out the water for, this is when you're gonna be adding the, the cheese to it. So you squeeze out the water and then we'll dump out the water. Now what percentage of your diet would you say is raw, Tracy? Is raw. Um, yeah. I have. I always have raw foods. Uh, well, I have a lot of raw fruit in the morning, and I always mm -hmm. have salad usually for lunch. But it might mm -hmm. have some cooked stuff with it. And then for dinner, um, I'll include some. Usually, if I don't have a salad, I'll just have um, some raw like crudités with it, some cucumbers, things like that. So, um, so it's a mix. It's not a huge percentage right now. Um, I've, I've changed over the years. I have a husband to feed, so he's always hungry. So we, you know, we have to have cooked food. <laughs> Don't have to, but you know. But it sounds like you have raw food every day and it might with be every a third, meal. I think it's important a third to have or a quarter food. of your diet, something yes, like that. Yes, yes. And, and you know, those enzymes are important to include every, um, every with every meal and a snack with snacks so then here's the cheese cheese so you just sprinkle that on of course you can add other spices you can add a little um rice vinegar in here too a little um uh, i put a little when i make my uh parm it has vegan lactic acid in it which adds a little tartness so gives it more of a cheesy flavor I didn't call for that in the recipe because most people don't have that on hand. Um, so yeah, so then you just toss and then I, I'll, I'll always add another bit. And um, then you've got it. So, oh, it smells so good. It's, uh, you know, this is, this is not, not suffering. <laughs> right? All right. So that's yeah. the cheesy kale. That's the cheesy kale from the book. Okay, and now it's easy. time for dessert. Now you've had your veggies and you can have your dessert. So um, 
super simple recipe. Like I said, all of my uh, baked goods that I create for Tracy's Real Foods are sweetened with dates, most of them. I actually have these uh, granolas also super clean that are sweetened with dates. Um, so the, uh, most of my recipes in the book, uh, the desserts, if they're sweetened with uh, something that's dates or date sugar you can use. And I like to give people um, options too because um, – you may not have dates on hand or you may not be able to get them, but you could get date sugar. So in that case, uh, you know, you can adjust because it's obviously a dry product and dates are a moist product. So uh, pitted dates, watch for the pits. Even when you buy pitted dates, mm -hmm. squeeze every date. Right. There could be a rogue pit in there somewhere. Yeah, because it's an it's not fun. Right. So hopefully I've <laughs> some little tiny ones sometimes escape. So um, anyway, so we'll add our dates. There they are. So the recipe um, calls to add in a certain certain um, got my milk a certain order. Because, um, for instance, the chia seeds, you don't really want to put them at the bottom of your blender because they may stick. They're, once they hit liquid, they um, expand and they can stick on things. So there we go. So this is chia seeds. Uh, chia, I have a couple chia recipes in the book. You can also use chia seeds to uh, replace oil. In this case, they're um, replacing a starch or something that might thicken a pudding. So, you know, instant pudding, I don't even know what's in it, but <laughs> this is a really healthy version of an instant pudding. And, um, you know, so chia seeds, you can also make a chia pudding, and there's another recipe where you just let it sit and thicken, and it's more lumpy. It's um, got a nice texture. But if you want a smooth texture like this one, then you just blend it all together. So uh, we're going to add um, two cups of milk. I like to use um, unsweetened soy milk. Okay, looks like we've got a commercial going for Trader Joe's. I'll have yeah. to remind them to uh, subsidize this broadcast. Yes, thank you. That would yeah. be nice. Um, yeah, you know, and I love to give people options. There is a, a hemp milk recipe in the book also. So if you don't want to buy Trader Joe's or you don't want to use soy for whatever reason, you can make a hemp milk. You can make an oat mm -hmm. milk. Um, you can buy it. You can use anything, any kind of right. dairy alternative in here. But uh, I like to use this. It's more filling. It has some protein added. A lot of the dairy alternatives don't have much nutrition. Another, and, of course, they're much better than dairy. But... Uh, almond milk, I found, I've heard, doesn't really have a lot of almonds in it. So now we can add um, a little bit of vanilla. So I just add about a teaspoon of vanilla. And um, to make it a little richer, we're adding some uh, hemp seeds. So, so my mm -hmm. idea also, if you don't want to use the milk, you can just use more hemp seeds and water. 
Because hemp okay. seeds, when they get blended up, they become a milk. They're very soft, and they're a great source of plant protein. They're one of and those omega threes, right? And omega threes. Same with chia seeds. Um, I've I've heard you know in ranchers programs, um, you know, helping ranchers. We talk about it in the book. It's um, uh, rancher advocacy program. Um, some of the, you know, a great crop for them to switch to could be hemp seeds because, um, it's a, it's an amazing food. Um, so, and it can, like I said, it can replace dairy, it can replace meat. You can make, do all kinds of things with hemp seeds and they are really good for you. Right. So So this is a program to get people out of the business of ranching animals and go into the business of ranching mushrooms and hemp seeds and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There's uh, a lot of ranchers. Um, people think that, that they enjoy the business. Well, most of them don't. Most of them are taken advantage of by corporations, and um, they don't have a good deal with them. So it's uh, if they can be independent and grow their own crops and not have to, you know, torture and kill chickens or 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 pigs, you know, then, then awesome. So just great, great programs going on. So we'll go ahead and add our hemp seeds. Well, now that we have the milk in, we can add the chia seeds down there. And then our cocoa or cacao powder. So cocoa powder is a little darker like this. Um, It is roasted. And then Cacao powder is raw. Either one is fine. They are a little bit different, but they're pretty interchangeable in what you decide you want to use. So, so we'll go ahead and add that. And I've got my Vitamix that I got in 1990. <laughs> Look at this All thing. Right. Wow. When you went I vegan. vegan. Mm-hmm. I did. Well, so that's I a good commercial for Vitamix. This is what they call yes. product placement. Yes. This, All right. This is the best machine to get. This, this, so we're going to hear some noise now, aren't we? Yeah. Or maybe it'll get filtered out. So I started on low because these um, dates in here are going to be uh, tossed around. So we start at low. Then let's switch it to So you just want to run it until you don't notice any more chunks in there. Mm -hmm. So um, you just have to give it a look. And then when you restart it, make sure you push it back to low again. So uh, 
the dates and the chia are what's going to thicken it. So, and you can see, so if you, if you don't blend it, the chia seeds are not going to thicken until later. And they're going to add texture, like I said. But this is, you can see, it's already a nice thick consistency. Now, I'm calling it instant, but right now it's not cold. <laughs> so um, you might want to uh, let it refrigerate. And so what I did was I refrigerated one. So, so this is what it's like All after right, you refrigerate it. You can just have your nice little bowl. And you can put some bananas on it. You can put, I like to make it look pretty with a little uh, more hemp seeds on top. For those listening up. to the audio podcast version, we're now adding sliced bananas. That's right. To the Slice pudding. Bananas. And it looks beautiful. And then, you know, I, like I said, easy stuff. And bananas grapes, are super blueberries. Yes, these are cherries and blueberries frozen. Cherry. And just let them sit out. And um, they create a really nice dessert. Or, you know, this, honestly, breakfast, lunch. And there's dinner. nothing bad in here, right? So there's nothing bad. There you go. So you can have it anytime. And, Healthy you know, desserts. Make a great dessert. Just frozen fruit and just thaw them out. Have them with some bananas. Mm -hmm. That's a great breakfast. So it mm -hmm. uh, doesn't need to be complicated. People overthink, I think. Uh, and they think that they need to, you know, and they also think they need to have protein powder. Um, right. do we have to have protein powder? I'm going to put myself in front of this light here. Do we? No. Uh, do we have to have protein powder? No, we do not, in my opinion. <laughs> well, and so many people I know, and I see all these discussions on Facebook about what type of protein powder for vegans. Um, uh, you know, there's plenty of protein in what I just made. Look, I ha I've been um, a vegetarian the, since I was 17. And I've never, to my knowledge, had, I mean, probably somebody put protein powder in a shake for me once or something, but I've never regularly had protein powder and I'm still standing, except right now I'm sitting. So, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think you need protein powder. I don't think you need to worry about protein as long as you're eating human food, which exactly. includes legumes, which are very high in protein. Exactly. Well, Tracy, uh, every food has protein in it. That's the thing, yeah. the key, especially when you get your your certification from um, the nutrition studies, uh, plant based nutrition certification. They drill that into you very, very early and very uh, stringently that it's every food, and they go through every single food, even lemons. How much protein they have. There's there something like 330, 340 million Americans, and I don't think there's one American in the hospital today for a lack of protein. People get heart attacks from eating the foods that they think they need to eat for the protein, but yeah. nobody's going into the hospital for not having protein. 
Yeah. So as long as you eat whole foods, fruits, vegetables, legumes, yeah. mushrooms, some nuts and seeds, you're going to get plenty of protein. Right. Just yeah. don't have to think about it. I think the world yeah, would be better off if protein had never been discovered and nobody would talk about it. Um, Absolutely. So, Thank you. <laughs> right. So our book is America Goes Vegan. We have a bonus. Uh, if you buy this book and send in your proof of purchase to veganbonus at yahoo.com, you get a PDF file of my book, Food is Climate. You get another recipe file from Tracy and more recipes. It's still great recipes. Yeah. So, and more recipe files and other bonuses. So plenty of bonuses just for sending in the, your proof of purchase to vegan bonus at yahoo.com. Yeah. All right, Tracy. Uh, people can find Tracy's Real, uh, Real Foods at tracysrealfoods.com, right? Right, tracysrealfoods.com. And enter Friends 10 at checkout, and you get 10% off on your first order. There you go. Yeah. Get another bonus. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tracy, right, for joining good. us. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate yeah. it. And um, everybody just keep in touch and go vegan. Yes. Thanks. Seven step process. Seven step program. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. This has been the Glenn Mercer Show, where everyone listening turns vegan, regains their health, and annoys their friends and relatives. Find us on YouTube at the Glenn Mercer Show and across all your major podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe.